Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Freddie, also known as Nighty Night. And alongside me, we have some really great guests. A movie that I'm really excited to talk about. A movie called Wrath of Becky, which is the sequel of the beloved film, Becky, uh, following Lulu Wilson and this time, Sean William Scott as the antagonist. And we have both directors here. We have Matt and Suzanne. If you guys want to introduce yourselves, talk about your movie a little bit. And I got a couple questions for you. Okay. Yeah. Um, hi, I'm Suzanne. Hi, I'm Matt. Um, yeah, Wrath of Becky is a fun little movie. Uh, I like to say it's uh, about a 16-year-old girl killing Proud Boys. Um, and then Matt usually jumps in and goes, we don't say Proud Boys, but like... <laughs> They're called Noblemen. They're called Noblemen, which is like the like most obvious play on Proud Boys. Um, yeah, it's a 16-year-old yeah. girl revenge flick that tells the story of... Um, a girl who's seeking revenge on a group of fascists who uh, have harmed her loved ones. Yeah. Matt always does it better. So, <laughs> No, I love it. Uh, yeah, of course, there's a lot of um, heavy social commentary in this movie, which is really fun and exciting. And it's cool how you guys deliver that comedy and that, the horror aspect of things. And there's this movie has a lot to say, and I love everything it has to say about it. And mm -hmm. seeing Lily Wilson in this role and seeing her progression from the first movie to this movie and seeing how dynamic her acting is, it's really great to see. We have that sweet side of her that we see in the very beginning, but at the same time, I'm just kidding. This is not who I really am. I want to fuck shit up and cut people's <laughs> throat and do the things that we all think about, but she actually does it. But I guess she does think about some things. We're like, all right, I'll have to hold back. This is like, you know, real life. I can't really do this to like a diner guest. Yeah. Um. But this movie starts immediately. And it's it's just um from start to finish, a lot of fun. That's the thing that I love about this movie. Um, It just goes hard and it doesn't hold back. And the beautiful thing that Lulu Wilson is really great at delivering all of that kind of stuff. Uh, but before we jump really into the movie deeply, I do want to ask a question we always ask our guests. Why horror? Is there something within the genre that, that you are drawn to? Do you like the horror genre in general? Or do you see yourselves as horror fans and why? Um, I've always found horror to be one of my favorite genres because it's it's an experience. Yeah. Um, it, like growing up, I spent every weekend at the movies with my family. Like I'd say every Friday and Saturday we were at the movies. Um, and we always looked forward to the new horror films because we knew opening night or opening weekend with a packed theater going to see the newest horror film. Everyone is looking for an experience. Um, you go wanting to love the movie. Mm -hmm. So there's this kind of, great energy to theaters and horror films um and you go like wanting to be scared like i i you know becky is is not the scary type of horror film it's the horrific type of horror film yeah, that leans heavily into action comedy gore, gory type of yeah it's the gory type of horror film uh very you know yeah. tucker and dale is considered horror but it's not it's you're not, not scary <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, maybe there are. But I've just thought, <laughs> I've, I've always loved the genre. I think you, I think whether it's terrifying or fun, it's it's an experience. Yeah, and that can't always be said for for a lot of genres. And even if it's a film I'm not a fan of uh, in the horror space, I tend to like the experience of at least yeah. of at least it. watching it and finding something I like about it. Yeah, I would say uh, 
I, when I would go and have sleepovers at my aunt and uncle's house, they would, as like, I'd be like six and they'd be showing me like psycho and the shining and stuff. Mm. And I'd come home and my mom would be like, what the fuck did you <laughs> sleep for like weeks? And so I think, um, it, when I started in the industry, I didn't even have a choice really. It's just what I wanted to make. And I think that's just because it was like subliminal messaging as a yeah. child. Um, so I haven't even like, it's, I, I love loving the horror genre is like loving water to me. It feels like, um, like needing it, needing water. I do love water as well, but it's more than I need it. Um, and I, I love that. It's a great horror is a great catalyst for anything really, you know, anything you're trying to say, it, just slip it into the horror genre. It's a great space to explore metaphorically. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just, um, and I think as humans, we want to feel right. Like yeah. that is something we seek our entire lives. And the experience of watching a horror film is quite literally like us searching for a feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I love everything you guys said, because it's like the main reason why I love horror is that it can really connect with an audience. Yeah. Uh, we all survive horrors of real life and we all go through different things. And we know where um, Becky comes from, where there is also a theme of like, mental health, uh, grief, loss, how to go past that, how to become your own individual and survive. And there's a great line here that one of my favorite characters, and I, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it's a real driving force of the movie is Elena. Uh, yeah. Someone that is, becomes like her mother figure in the very beginning of the movie. And she says this great line, and I even had to write it down. I'm like I paused the movie, I'm like, that's amazing. Uh, was it? For every person you lose along the way, you gain another. And I'm like, damn, that hits. Like, <laughs> and that's the thing about like horror films is that some people are like, oh, it's all about like cheap scares and horrific things. It's like, no, but like you said, it's very symbolic and it actually has a lot of deeper meanings to it. And I feel like a lot of movie will uh, a lot of people that watch this movie are really gonna connect it on a very personal level. And then also we have the fun aspect of just seeing her do carnage and having all a good time and the creative ways she's able to kill people. I'm like, yes, definitely uh up the notch from the first movie as well, which was a lot of fun. And this is kind of like a reverse home invasion movie. I mean, we get that in the first half. Exactly. Yeah. But then we uh we get it flipped on the other side of the coin where we see her just like knock on their door and we're like, yeah, it's my turn. Yeah, so <laughs> exactly. It, it, it's exactly. a really fun premise and it's great to see her growth of her as a character as well, where she is a little bit more timid and a little bit more scared in the first movie and she's learning her way to fight back. And then this one's like, I know how to fight. I'm just going to get better. And then we just see her her wrath essentially in like the title of the movie. Um, but I kind of want to talk about a little bit about Elena. How do we able to like bring her into the story and have her be a main plot point to drive the rest of the story? Well, you kind of nailed. Uh, I'm I'm glad you you felt this because hopefully it comes through. Uh, it was very important to us that the first act of this film really start in a quiet, you know, outside of the cold open, like really start in a quiet, very human space that explores you know, who, who Becky really is at her core and how she's dealing with trauma from both the first film and the events prior to the first film, losing her mother. Um, and uh, Elena was instrumental in that journey because yeah. Elena, I, I think there are very few people that Becky would trust or show her true colors to. And I think we needed that character to kind of lay the foundation before we 
are able to enter the the bigger, broader world that is the Wrath of Becky. Um, Elena was the first character that came to me. Well, yeah, we're talking about well, it, I, was like, I love this idea. I, I think we just follow this natural kind of put it, put yourself in Becky's shoes. Where would she end up? Well, she'd be right. put in the foster care system. How would Becky handle that? Well, she'd, she'd be leave. like, fuck this. Yeah. Um, she would leave. She would live, you know, on the road with Diego protecting her, um, kind of finding her way. And it wouldn't be until she found kind of a kindred spirit that she would feel comfortable shacking up. And the natural feeling to us was like, who, who is a character that is Becky at, you know, 70 years old? Like that was, that was a thing for us. Like, who can she see herself in? Who is that kindred spirit? And the idea of a very kind of lonely, wise woman that clearly has lived a very hard life, but is, is closed off about it, but you can kind of feel the weight of the life she's lived was just very important to us. And it was the first thing I, like the first day we talked about the film, it just, I don't know what it was, but it, it was something I I just saw in my head. Yeah. I love that you said that because I definitely saw her as an older Becky. So awesome. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's because like, like you said, she seems like she's gone through a lot, but she is still reserved. She talked about her brothers and kind of like naturally brought it up. Um, I'm trying to keep this as spoiler free as possible too, but um, she has a past and she doesn't really want to like uh, dig deeper into Becky's past because she knows how it is and she can relate to her in that way. Uh, she res- they, they have a sense of respect. Yeah. I'm really glad you responded to Elena. She's she, made she might be my favorite character. Yeah, I think she's my favorite character. She's my favorite character too. So yeah, you nailed it. We can't talk about Elena without talking about Denise Burst, who who plays her. And yeah. he, you know, you get a bunch of tapes uh for the role and we're watching them and we're like that line, that line specifically that you called out, it it can come off really corny if you're not a good actor. If you don't bring weight uh, to it. We have yeah. a yeah and when we watched her tape we were like done yeah she's just she she yeah she was the one actress who you watch tapes and you're like okay no or maybe but there's always seems to be the one that you really respond to and she was the one where i mean the moment she said her first line on the tape you were like that's elena yeah. Um it's just a beautiful feeling. It, it's such I cannot tell you as filmmakers it's like Tetris. It's like, it feels like Tetris. Yeah. I think any filmmaker will will tell you it's one of the greatest feelings when you when you like lay eyes on the person that brings those words to life that you've been right. in your head. Um and just I mean yeah, just working with yeah. Denise Burst was so ing- I you can't take your eyes off of her. There's such weight to her and I I love her. Yeah, uh, I I love this entire cast, and that's the thing. Like, uh, when you're talking about like when you have a vision for a character, and then someone just fits that role, you're like, yes, this is exactly what I looked into. Like this character, so she was perfect. Uh, I also want to talk about Sean William Scott as the yeah, antagonist. Yeah. So obviously, he's done so many different roles. Um, a lot of it I've seen in like in his popular movies and stuff like that is um comedies, and I've never really seen him as like a threat. Or scary, and yep. damn, does he look like a threat and is scary as fuck in this movie? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I don't want to spoil what the storyline that he tells, but he tells a story on the couch to his colleague, yeah. the Bravoy, and that story alone is chilling. And the way he delivers those lines is very scary. And then what we see him do physically 
is terrifying and he really fits that role perfectly and having someone as fun and crazy and wild as becky and having a more calm controlled and powerful antagonist like uh sean's character um it is really great to see on screen and it was love to see them going back and forth too how was working with him and that character um unbelievable and what's interesting he i won't without giving any spoilers away he brought that backstory that you're talking about that monologue that you're talking about on the couch mm. that was when we met with him he was like this this role is great it's awesome but i want to do this i want to add this into his character and i think at this moment in this scene let's hear about it and we were like the back okay. yeah the backstory in our first meeting with sean william scott that he wanted to infuse into daryl jr was so rich and not what was on the page originally for the character and it was something that Suzanne and I really responded to mm -hmm. um it was a big aha moment and I went off and wrote that monologue which went from like I think a third of a page to two pages and that um, was his first day on set too. it was his first day on oh, set wow. it was first his scene. first scene um but we worked really hard on getting that right so that it it accomplished several things in terms of laying the foundation of just how dangerous this guy is yeah. and what he's yeah. what he's the point he's making when he tells that story um so it was really i mean the original version of what that was on the page had nothing to do with uh, it was not in His any backstory. way what it became yeah uh, and then, that backstory didn't exist so that hats off to sean william scott I, we give him all the credit in the world and no go ahead go ahead no uh, <laughs> uh working with him in that capacity was such a uh that was kind of the theme of the experience of working with Sean William Scott. And it was so unique to get to work. It's not every day you get to work with an actor who's so invested that the day before each, each uh, scenes that are going to be shot the next day, the day before you're going through all the scenes and talking about, okay, before we get here, um, let's just kind of review this and talk about what we can do and then go home after that day of production and do like, rewrites or tweaks or adjustments to get the next day's scenes ready so they can be the best they can be right. he was so invested it was such a collaborative experience mm -hmm. it was so hand in hand he brought to the character so much and it was just like it was a journey getting to work with him because every day that we were on set with him was also like you rap and you get to talk that night about what you're doing the next yeah. day and really tackle it head on and that's just rare like you crave that kind or of that collaboration yeah, because, with an actor especially because on an indie film like it's everyone's so tired and there's no time right. and you know, he was there a grand total of like two weeks maybe yeah and we as directors yeah. lived this for a year from oh yeah post, and and that's short right because it's a small film but like you're it's very easy for actors or even crew members to come in, do their job and forget about it. And that wasn't the case with anyone in this movie. Everyone was so beyond invested. Um, and I will say one day, I hope where our editor cut together the funniest gag reel um, <laughs> because everyone was having so much fun on this movie and specifically yeah. Sean would be all quiet and creepy. And then we'd call cut and he'd be like, guys, that's going to be great. And because he's so sweet and goofy that you're like, it's, he's just, uh, he would kind of be like, people are going to love that, guys. That's okay. Okay. We're going again. We're going. Again. Okay. <clears throat> like, oh, just, I love that. Yeah. Maybe one okay, day. So happy to hear. We'll let us release it because it's. Yeah. Uh, he's the nicest guy in the world. So it was fun to call cut and watch him start complimenting everyone around him on the yeah, job. Yeah. No, he's did. literally the, like, you do not, 
like I think I learned lessons of how to be a nicer person by watching. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it's really good. That shows how good of an actor he is too, because like you wouldn't see that in this character. He actually, and that's the thing that I love when I see um actors not become those actors anymore. They are that persona. They're that yeah. person that they're their characters. And the, the thing I love about this movie is that you all seem like you had so much fun making it. And I love seeing like people coming together and just really enjoying the process of it and really like coming together and, and the chemistry is there and it sees it on the screen. And you can tell that like people just had fun making this. And I love that you pointed out like uh, the inner workings of filmmaking. It's it's a hard process, especially as directors. You're there since day one all the way to the last day. Uh, you said like it took up to a year. Um, I, I'm surprised it's even like that fast, like you were saying. Um but that's one of the biggest questions I always like to ask during interviews too. Is there's is there something that you would love viewers or listeners to know about the movie making process and something that happened on set that's memorable for this movie? Oh wow. Well, in terms of the movie making process, I think that the thing that the everyday person outside of the industry doesn't like grasp about what it's like making a movie is that there's nothing um glamorous, glamorous about it. It is hard work so hard and there are so many moving parts and it is a miracle any movie ever gets made from start to finish um and it's so easy to like it, it's hard not to read reviews and to like look at the criticisms and go oh if only they knew oh if they, right. if only they knew what in what, what went into that moment that they are talking about if only they knew the uh, real budget yeah like yeah. The, the real budget or what you had to go through to get that one mo like i don't know there's so many moving parts there are so many departments there are so many chefs in the kitchen it is such a wild experience i i think for for filmmakers it's the greatest experience it's the ultimate high it, it's right. one of those things where you're in it and and you're kind of completely ha having an out-of-body experience yeah, you get no sleep and yet you still function, hopefully. Oh, yeah. So like yeah. that part of it. And in terms of memorable sleep, moments yeah. on set, I mean, it truly was a family. Like we haven't had that experience of working on a film where the crew shows up every day, like every single person from the studio executives down to the PAs, to, to PAs are a family, um, like greeting each other in the morning, do, moving equipment that like, they're not supposed to be moving because they just want to help. And we have four <laughs> like, minutes to get this shot because, you know, like it was, yeah, just, it, was it was very ambitious. And so I'd say um, there were many, many memorable moments in terms of one where I think the whole crew was cheering and, and you can't uh, spoil it though. Well, I'll just say twigs death. Yeah. Um, mm, okay. And if you've seen the still that went around from, you know, South by where, she's, Fredner, covered in where she's covered in blood, like it was, it was that moment. Part where... of why everyone was screaming too is that she's covered in blood. Yeah. It takes about two hours to get all that blood off of her. So you don't have time to do it again. Like there's right. you get, you get one shot. On a film like On this. A film like yeah. this yeah. So you better you have your amazing artists with their blood behind the camera. You have your amazing camera operator. Everyone's amazing and has to do and then Lulu has to have her hand in the right. Like she's such an artist. Everyone was such an artist and to deliver you know once matt and i are just sitting there like okay you guys better do <laughs> like, everyone's, everyone's jaws were on the floor yeah. and we didn't call cut because you're all just looking at each other going we can't call cut how do you end this moment it's so and magical it like, worked you're like it worked we had one shot yeah. and it worked whole and it was 
better than any of us could have imagined. So that shot in particular, that moment on Lulu during that death was uh, very special. Thank you so much for sharing that. That is a huge fun fact that a lot of people are really going to enjoy. And, and when the people who are listening to this that are going to watch it, I'm sure they're going to appreciate it that much more too. And th- that's the thing I love. I love talking about like the behind the scenes stuff because it just shows how much passion and work and everything has to be perfect to like make it work. And I love what you said too. You said it's a miracle that movies get made. Mm-hmm. Um, it's true. It takes a whole village for a movie to work even it just getting distributed or even shown at a film festival or anything at all is a huge accomplishment. So huge congratulations to you guys. Writer finishing a script. It's impossible. It feels like every day you sit down and and try and write the next scene and it feels impossible. I mean, it's just filmmaking is a game of problem solving from day (laughs) one to the day. Like it really, and then that problem solving, budget, whether you yeah. deliver the film as filmmakers, I'm sure that problem solving continues for marketing, distributing. Like, it is truly a game of problem solving. Um, and so you have to kind of go into it with that mindset yeah. and find and find a way to enjoy it. I think there are the, those that naturally enjoy it and find it to be, like I was saying, the greatest experience. Um, yeah, that's all I got. That's what I was that's saying. That's pretty good. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, the next question, and we will have a, a few more minutes, but the big question for me, what's up with the key? Oh. <laughs> I yeah, love seeing it come back, which is great. Uh, we yeah. get more context. We see a little bit more of what happens to her character towards the end, which I won't spoil, but it's a very exciting time. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's cool to see something that's interweaved with all the films, too, and it hints at a sequel. I don't know if you guys are involved in it or... Um, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm excited. Okay. Yeah. So when they came to us to do the sequel, uh, the producers at Boulder Light, they were like, it just, there just needs to be blood and you need to talk about the key. And we were like, okay. <laughs> and because yeah, we know, like two mandates. Yeah, because yeah. We knew that people were kind of annoyed that the key wasn't answered in the first one, we were like, very annoyed. Yeah. Very annoyed. It was like the thing, like yeah. everyone in interviews said, what is the key? And the answer from everyone was, we don't know. No, no, no. So we were like, we're going to figure out what the key leads to, but we're not going to tell you in the second movie. And so we kind of forced them to think about a third movie early, early on. And the the hope is if, you know, if people support this movie in theaters, there could potentially be a third one. Yeah. It was one of the first conversations we had though, where I I think in general, the wrath of Becky turns things on its head, right? The first one's gritty. This one is very much, um, it's a little, it's very self-aware, right? It's a little yes. more tongue in cheek. Um, and, and we wanted to, we just didn't want to do more of the same. We wanted to be able to in, in, introduce some new tonal elements and, and, um, and explore that, that side of the genre. Um, the first, one of the first things we ever talked about was this idea though, of like, people were so pissed about the key. We're making a self-aware film. It's satirical, it's tongue in cheek. Let's lean further into that and basically say to the audience, we see you, we know you're pissed. We're going to give you clues, but <laughs> let's keep this going. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so then it became kind of like, oh, the mandate of you have to answer the key, which in the original draft of The Wrath of Becky was answered in the first like scene of the film. Um, it became a, no, let's throw that out and, and lean more into the mystery and keep that MacGuffin kind of going. Um, what we will tell you Which is I'm sure people will be pissed at, but yeah, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna have to third what we will tell you is we know exactly what the key leads to. Um, and there are clues throughout 
that are very yeah pay attention that are very there is a big clue in the film that tells you exactly where the clue leads where the key leads to um and it'll be fun to see the the reddit forums that come up and see if anyone can uh, pinpoint what we have in mind for the journey of of becky if we get to turn this into a trilogy which the plan is to turn this into a trilogy everyone involved has um it's happening so not uh, right now because of the strike right now we are pens down full support of of the writers guild and stand in solidarity with them and um waiting for the writers to get a fair deal and then we will pick up our pens and and jump see where becky Becky goes i'm very excited and i'm sure a lot of people who are going to watch the film i don't think they'll be pissed off i think they're going to be more excited because the the film itself is so much fun there's nothing to be upset about uh and i think the the key is just gonna hype people up for that sequel and and really want that so i i really hope we get to see that as well and yeah i'm I'm really excited um my last question if there is one thing you want audience to walk away from this movie what would it be uh just to have fun i think you know it was important to us to you know there's a big a big tonal shift between the first Becky and this Becky. And that was obviously very intentional. Um, Hopefully we make that clear from the cold, from the cold open. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, we're dealing with very real antagonists in this movie. They are out there. Um, They're in our headlines every day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's it's a very serious subject matter that we're dealing with these douchebags on a daily basis, but Mm -hmm in order to have an enjoyable movie experience, we wanted to finagle the tone in such a way where we're talking about real assholes, but you're having a fun time watching them die. And we're creating, um, look, we're creating, Susan's very uh, forefront about her feelings on this, but it was very important to yep. us, me when I was writing the script and, and us as filmmakers, that you in tone, that you're creating a parallel universe, right? We're never saying the words that Suze likes to say in interviews. Uh, we're proud, not proud boys. We're not saying those <laughs> things, right? We're we're very obviously winking and nodding at the audience, but yeah. uh, but we're creating its own our our own little universe on the side right. where it's satire. Um, and so, so our goal from day to... one was we want to make a crowd pleaser. We want people to have fun. That was the goal. So if there's yeah. one thing from this movie, go into it knowing. We want you to have fun. We want you to just escape for an hour and a half. Um, yeah, and, life is hard. Yeah, yeah, and just, you know, it's a crowd pleaser. That was that was the goal. Have fun. Absolutely. I think a lot of people are going to have a ton of fun and love seeing the creative ways they all go out. So I think <laughs> you guys yeah. are going to succeed in this. And I, I I already seen like some reviews already too, and they're all positive that I've seen. And uh, I know even like Megan Navarro wrote a review for Blood yeah. Disgusting for our stuff. And then she loved it. And I talked to her a little bit about it. But yeah, no, I think people are going to love this movie. And I think people are going to be eager to get the sequel um but yeah no thank you for coming on here by the way too and taking the time out of your day to be here with me and talking about this movie um i love it so huge congratulations to you guys with everything that you've done and creating such a fun movie so and i hope everyone who's listening here too please check out this movie it is in theaters may 26 um get all your friends to go and it's just a blast and this is a great movie to watch with your friends too so bring your whole crew around and come out to the theaters and support this movie we need that sequel so keep coming back (laughs) Uh, but yeah again thank you so much for being here this was nightlight a horror movie podcast it was a pleasure serving you